It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, it's time for the Scoop Radio Show, bringing you all the latest and greatest tips, trends, and news that rocks your world every day. We have an excellent lineup of celebrities and other amazing guests that you don't want to miss. You know we love our listeners. Don't forget to jump online and join our social media fan pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Scoop Radio Show for hot news. P.S. Don't forget to share the love and the show with your friends. Now, it's time to get the show started with your exciting co-hosts, Phyllis and Samantha. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us on the scoop today. Um, I'm Phyllis, and I'm here with beautiful Samantha. Hello, Samantha. How was Denver, Colorado? Ha, Phyllis. It was Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> so, I, uh, I, I, you know what? I, <laughs> I spent some time doing some shoots, um, and then I spent some time with friends. It was great. Um, you know, it's it's crazy because I talk about the things that have been happening out here with COVID and how strict the rules are, and you go to Colorado, and it's like, you know, people forget to wear their masks in the store. You walk past someone without one. I mean, they're so, it's like lackadaisical. It's like, oh, wow. And now they're starting to get protective like we are out here. And so I said, I started laughing. I said, I, I didn't even need to get an edible. <laughs> no edibles from those pot shops. I actually interviewed somebody out there um, and asked them, how their business was during COVID, and they said they've sold out so many times between alcohol and pot stores. So just like oh this my is God. crazy. <laughs> well, everybody's nobody wants out to remember Colorado, anything about this. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it was like I was out there and I felt like I wasn't dressed appropriately. So of course I went out and bought those, you know, that Nevada-looking sweaters with the fringe hanging down and cowboy boots and ripped jeans, and you know I wanted to fit in. <laughs> Instead oh of being gosh, in the fashion capital funny. of the United States, I wanted to be out in Colorado. <laughs> I wanted to experience what John Denver sang about all those years in the Rockies. You oh, know? it's beautiful out <laughs> so, there. I mean, people that have never been there, when they say Rocky Mountain High, you have to it's, go. Not, it's just, you know, when they talk about God's country and you climb up those mountains, oh. you've been there several times, you're in awe. I mean, the Rockies are absolutely gorgeous. and. Yes, and green, green everywhere. Although right now I believe the aspen trees are gold, which are amazing. Are, are absolutely amazing to see. The color so I, of the, my husband wants you, to live there, beautiful. and I said I couldn't get him back. He was there a few weeks. No, ago you should. I'm telling you, I was looking at these monster of houses that have these incredible entryways, and there's all windows around it, and a lot of them are. I mean, there's prefabricated neighborhoods, but when you're out there and you see these giant formations, uh, just like it's breathtaking. You're driving on the expressway, and all you see is just massive mountains of all different colors. And through the years, you know, it's kind of chipped away, turned colors, but then you have the fall and the trees behind it. Um, the only thing that was bad about this trip is that they have some huge fires going on. So I got to see the smoke where we were, which was probably a half an hour outside Denver, but you could actually see over the mountains how much damage is being done. I mean, it was just like you could smell you could smell the smoke. You could actually smell it at times. Well, so people think California is bad. Because of the fires in California, um, yep. a lot of the West actually had the, air, the wind blowing the smoke from the California fires towards them. And you could see the haze in the sky all the way up yep. at 11,000 feet in the Colorado mountains. And, right. uh, you know, it, it's sad. I, I understand about climate change and everything, but I do believe that weather is cyclical, and it has been for centuries. So, uh, and we are not helping this planet. I am a true believer in in, in the environment oh, and how we need to protect it. Uh, but i got to tell mm-hmm. you, unless they straighten out China and India with all their pollution, it all comes here. 
does. Well, that's what they're saying, that it's going to be chaos. And I said, I just tell people, they say, what do you think is going to happen? I said, expect chaos for a while. I said, if you think that after this election, things are going to go back to normal and everyone's going to be happy, no, that's not how it's going to work. If we get a vaccine, not everybody's going to be happy. So we're going to have this time where things are going to be more violent before they get better. And if people aren't prepared for it, it's kind of like speaking to people in Colorado and asking, you know, if you knew these fires were coming, some people prepared and they left. They left early. So they were asked, well, like, they were totally told they were never prepared for anything because they think that they're invincible. And and they're they're blind to many things. They need to wake up. They I know. need to read things. Stop listening to the news because that's all opinions. Well, that's the problem, make though. Make your own it's media, opinion, right? Media is crazy Media right is. now. They, you know, they get nuts with these elections. And, you know, I had to turn my TV off. I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> I know. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> Are you getting all these uh, text messages about who you're voting for? Yes. You no, know, no. Asking me for money. Oh, that too. But how so dare they? Team. It's none of your damn business yeah. what I vote listen for. Listen to this. And, and oh, I, I, that's gonna, I'm going to vote for the people that will benefit me and my family, and my community. I don't care about yep. what's going on across the, the sea. I don't care what's going on across the country because I'm not there. That's their problem. Let their governors work it out. I actually, Pennsylvania is a great state. I have to say that. We, we really do have a great state. You live in Jersey and New York where you have some morons running it, and it's the only word I can use right. for it. It's sad. What they're doing to the people, locking them up, what are they, crazy Yeah. I use that word a lot. You know that, right, <laughs> Tracy? I, I just... <laughs> Let me tell you something. I was oh, on my. the tram um, at the airport. Like, tell it as it is, Samantha. You do the same thing. Oh, I do. Yeah, I was, at the, I was at the airport yesterday coming back, and there was this older couple. They had to have been in their 80s, and they had a mask on, and they had one of those shields on over their face. And so the, the, the woman says to the guy, Ralph, she's like, to give the girl some effing space, and he's like, you know what, f you, Rose, and they like bounce their heads and they knocking each other in their face, and I'm thinking to myself, we're gonna have a brawl with the 80 year olds. This is gonna happen. Like I'm gonna have to do something here, right? And I'm sitting right next to it, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't have a gun with me, but I've got this really heavy bag, and I've got a good right hook. So I'm going to. I have to decide: is it gonna be Rose or is it gonna be Ralph? Like which one is it gonna be? Which one do I need to fight? <laughs> so they were going oh, you know, at it, literally. First of all, the people wearing masks, you don't know who's sick and who's not. And <laughs> no, so if you're vulnerable to a disease or you're worried about getting yes. sick or you're frail, wear a mask. The other people, they're not, they might be testing positive, but honestly, they'll be bopping uh. around in bars and drinking and partying, and they're not sick. So let the, let the they're not, they only stay have. And not, do their thing. It's not all spreadable. It's not all spreadable. That's what people don't understand. It, when this, when this um, illness, I'll call it like the Ch- Trump does, the China virus. <laughs> China. Sorry, just, China. Just China. China. <laughs> China virus. When the China virus goes away, because it's going to magically disappear just as magically as it appeared. But when it was manufactured, yeah, but wait it a was minute. done to... You know they're to... going to call it the racist disease that we had because he called it the China virus. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was racist. That will be racist. China. Why is that not racist? Say? I have no idea. I want to I mean, know really, why. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I want to, but I want to know why people aren't saying to Trump, hey, isn't there racist? You said it's China virus. It could be the Israeli virus. It could be the Philadelphia virus. Why is it the China virus? You know? Yeah, well, who you could have named it anything. It could have I been Krispy Kreme be virus. Gone. I am done with this. I am done, done, done. And I got to tell I was you, done the about people maybe... out there are done with this, especially Ugh. all these little business people that are suffering. Oh. And, and our wonderful Congress people in the House of Representatives and Nancy Pelosi are playing with us. We need money. Give us the stimulus money. Help the people that have you know no jobs and no Did money. Did you hear? In New no, Jersey, what? they were saying that people are going to start getting $300 of lost wage assistance. That's what they're calling it. For what? So that's supposed to be starting this week. So if you're in New Jersey well, wait a minute. and you're listening so you're to you're telling this, me if people don't have a job, 
they're going to get three hundred dollars yeah. a week to do nothing on top of their on top of their unemployment. Correct. They need to go clean and houses or something because seriously, <laughs> there are jobs. I see signs up all over the place. That restaurants have they're signs. They're all over. Grocery stores are you suffering. Is- they really want people to work. Well, see, and I, and I keep telling everybody, they're like, why, why are you shopping locally? I said, like, you don't need any more clothes. I said, yeah, but these businesses are going to shut down if I stop shopping there. <laughs> so exactly. Like, I mean, they're going to rely on thing. me. We're taking out food twice a week. I mean, I still don't feel comfortable eating in a restaurant because, really, it's not as good. I get better food when I do takeout. But the thing is, yeah. I'm supporting my community. I'm not supporting the world. I'm supporting my small business community, and everybody should go out there buying things for the holidays. Please don't buy online. Go to the little stores that need your help. Otherwise, they're going to be gone. The malls are already gone. You know that, right? Where you are, are the malls dying or what? Well, here's – no. But um, what I was able to read off was all of the stores that are going out of business. I mean, these are major stores like Lord & Taylor – um, I think Chico's one of them. Victoria's Secret is getting rid of a ton of those stores. Yeah, they're all I'm making like, Victoria's me sad Secret? I love to shop in some of those stores. I know. And, you know, like, I know. And all the things we grew up with are going to be gone. They're going to make them entertainment centers. Or Here's a better one. I bet you they take the malls and turn them into condos. Yeah. That would they be should. scary. But the problem is but people can't afford to even pay rent right now, but they're getting – you know, what I learned, obviously, from my own contacts is that, you know, right now, going to New York City, you don't see any homeless people. Why? Because they're staying up in nice hotels. How do I know they're staying up in nice hotels? Well, because I'm in the industry. So all the people I know that work in management tell me exactly how much the government, FEMA, and some of them are giving them for these homeless people to stay in a hotel. Not only do they get to stay in a hotel, but they get paid by the government to vote. Oh, you got to love they it. In Philadelphia, vote. they're busy giving them housing. They never gave me a house. Yes. I'm a little upset I know, right? about that. It's my tax dollars. I know, right? I'm going right, to stay at a hotel listen. and get room service. Get room service? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. You know what? Maybe we should become homeless. I think we get more benefits. But no, nobody wants to be homeless. I think we do. I'm a huge advocate for the homeless. There are some that need to step up and get help and get out of being homeless because they it's easy for them. The government hands them things, and they control them. Yep. That's what they want to do. They want to control people. But on that note, forget that. We have a fabulous guest coming on with us. I know. I'm Julie excited Chapin. to talk to I know. I'm so excited. Julie is an actress, but the really cool thing is, Three decades she spent as a corporate attorney, okay, and for, as a Fortune 500 executive. She raised four millennial offspring, and this second time around, she has really gone after her passion and became an actor, which is so cool because how many women, I mean, you dropping a, a job and a career where you make a lot of money and you go into the world of acting where you may not have a job next month, and she's so yes. fabulous. Her bio is amazing. So I really don't want to hold her off on coming online with us because I'm sure okay. our listeners will love to hear her story. She's a lovely person. So, hi, Julie. How are you? Hi, ladies. I'm fine. I'm hi, busy. Julie. Hi, Samantha. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, nice meeting you, too. You, you are so interesting to listen to because you say what's on everybody's <laughs> mind. <laughs> I think you do. Oh, oh, yeah, we're very direct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it we, could be much more, words much more. People. If you really we, like we to call, call it, call it, it is. <laughs> well, the thing mm-hmm. is also, Joel, you have to remember, we were both in the entertainment business, so you know, we don't have a script here. We just talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I figure it's kind of like I, I um, when I went back to acting, um, the best training I got was uh, improv. I went up to yes. New York and and I at um, some of the, the Magnister and um, oh, the, the other one's even more famous. And now I'm, uh, it's slipping my mind at the moment, which is, comes with age. But the thing is, improv is the best <laughs> way to go into acting because you never know what's going to be thrown at you. <laughs> and, and yeah. Like, well, no, it's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I and you I just had a wonderful really... show last week, uh, which I understand you're doing again um, in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to tell our, our listeners about that? Uh, yeah, this is kind of neat because uh, being being almost in lockdown. I mean, I don't go out very much. Um, I'll take walks, but I I have to be careful. So I've had to put off a lot of filming. I actually turned down some projects because I just didn't feel like some of these uh, independent um, directors and all were really going to play it safe enough. And, and it's, it's been a problem in the industry, as you both know. But, um, but then crazy? I, had the, I had the opportunity to do um, a Zoom-streamed virtual play. Really? And I, yeah, yeah. It's unbel- yeah. And, and they are – and it was so successful that they're going to, to – um, have more runs of it on, you know, online. Um, I think over Thanksgiving weekend, it's called the man with the floppy ears. And um, Ah. it's, yeah. And it it was actually um, written. uh, It took, I think, I think the writers worked on it for a couple of years, but it was written um, to um, commemorate a time. It's nice. The year was 1939, I believe. And it, in New York, um, but it's about the gay community, and it the gay community community back then was totally underground. Um, there was not to play lawyer on you, but there was there were some acts that that forbid um, films and theater to um, talk about you know gay uh, situation. And but if it were be allowed, this would have been a play that might have been put on back then. And it's a musical too, which is nice. Um, and I, I had great fun with it. And the, mo- and the amazing part is how they shot it, because the actors were in L.A., Atlanta, New York, myself, Philadelphia, and there was one actor, I think, in, in Ohio. And yet, uh, the way they did it, you would think in each scene that the actors were in the same room. It was very interesting, and you would have one actor maybe hand another actor, one character hand another character an item, and they somehow managed to do that across the screen. I don't know if I, I um, articulate, you know, telling you this in a way that you understand, but but no, I totally it's, understand. They yeah, I'm they, they can do a lot of things. It's thing. amazing. Yeah, they can put people literally in screens right next to you while you're sitting. We're doing something similar now where they're mm-hmm. like sitting on both sides of me. So like when I turn to my right, I'll see right. one person. When I turn to my left, I'll see somebody else, but that's how they're going to do it. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I know. But it's know. very now, cool I, technology. Yeah. Did, did you have trouble oh, with that? Oh, we talked about because... that because they did a whole thing with, um, yeah. let me see how many, 15 actors doing high uh-huh. times at Ridgemont High. And it was awesome. They did a read. And it uh-huh. was wonderful. It was like they were acting out all the parts, and it was it was great. I don't think a lot of people appreciate what actors are going through right now, where they have to oh, do yeah. that. And but but because of their acting experience, it was it was uh, it, it was great. I really enjoyed it. I actually stayed online to watch it, um, and they were doing that to raise money for a very important effort they were doing. I think it was for, I'm trying to think of what it was for. (laughs) Oh, that's great. It was so memorable. It was more memorable watching the actors than it was about what they were doing it for. Um, But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But I I can see, unfortunately, how the film industry is really having a hard time. But I do see some of that coming back because I know John Travolta was in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. filming a movie right now. Yeah, you know, it, it it has opened. It started opening up, I noticed, um, maybe end of August and, you know, in September and now October. But the word is it might go back to closing town a lot more again. I don't know. So we just, we, well, we, I'm we very sad around. about Broadway because I, I, I oh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about destroying the theater industry. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know. It's just sad, those shows and all the actors and the, and the people, the production people, they're all out of work. People don't understand. It's not just the entertainers. It's everybody mm-hmm. behind the scenes as well. My son just right. lost his job with a radio show. He was doing all the remotes, and they they pushed him off. He's done, you know, and it's a shame. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I started um, 
meeting on Zoom with um, fellow actors, uh, writers, and uh, just to have a, a place where we can um, commiserate. And also we can read each other's work. We can try out things. Um, but I can tell you that it's, it's a lot of it is like being a therapy group because of the um, – uh, angst that they're they're feeling. They're so anxious. They're like, when am I going to, you know, part of it is pay. You know, they have to figure out what they're going to do, you know, to uh, pay for their rent. But it's also, um, you know, where's the creative outlet? Where are we, you know, but it's, it's kind of like the Renaissance, I'll tell you. I think that in that time in history, there was a lot of illness and all, but if you go back, the bards were writing stories, there were poems, there was music. I mean, people have to create. There's no two ways about it, and it's going to come out. Um, but we'll see. I, I, if, I, I'm not letting it get me down. I've, um, I've taken this time to also go back to some things that I had put aside, you know, and, and, and start writing about it. I, um, uh, I, I got a call from a director who uh, had told me about a film. Oh, it had to be four years ago. And he said, maybe now's the time we should do a trailer. Try to, you know, try to, uh, try to raise money so we can put this on as soon as um, things get freer. And I got a call from another guy who's, uh, oh, what a marvelous project. He uh, is doing a docu-film on the history of jazz, and he's lined up from one. I don't know if you like that genre, but I, I happen to love that. Jazz and, and he's lined up all these thousands. Yeah, jazz singer. So yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Jazz singer. Oh, yeah, wow. I think that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, some. So maybe some great stuff will come out of this period. It's like an incubation period for a lot of things, a lot of projects. Yep. Um, yeah. And also now, I, yeah, I think there'll be lot. some unique things coming out, Julie. I don't believe yeah. it will just be the same old, same old thing. You're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of mm-hmm. innovative new directors coming on board, uh, creators that are coming up with really unique um, uh, scenes and, and artistry that you haven't seen before. A lot of young people that are truly, you know, they graduated and they don't have projects, but they're coming out with things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's you should, uh, I got some information yeah. from the Academy because I, uh-huh. I do the red carpet for a lot of the awards, and mm-hmm. they're starting to – obviously it's going to be virtual this year for the Academy, but they're now starting to put people with disabilities winning awards um, for, like, you know, films. All this is streaming. Like, the, what people don't understand about the film industry is that although the theater's open and people are, you know, going to be doing that, we're mm-hmm. we're leaning more towards streaming Verizon yes. is one of the big guys. They've been kind of nailing it across the board, but Vimeo and YouTube and all of those OTT platforms. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, Julie, but I get like these requests, and they're like, you can do this voiceover for three days for $300. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you seriously <laughs> kidding me? So our industry is being lowballed during this time. I don't know if you've right. noticed that, but it's true. It's like we don't get what right. we're normally paid for when we're working right. regularly without COVID. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the opportunities yeah, yeah. are different. I'm sure you've seen those, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is is virtual. It is virtual, and um, yeah. or you know you go in and you have to get COVID testing, and there's all these different types of rules. And it's like by the time you're done traveling, getting out there, doing this small little role, it's like you probably could have bought like maybe ten packs of gum, and that's your you know that's how much you get. Right. right. <laughs> well, you know what? It will work just to work. So, and, and if they can get some stimulus money, I guess they'll be okay for a little while. But really, truly, ladies, does that pay the rent? Because it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Oh, my God. Are you why? kidding me? No. Uh-huh. Told you, you got to be homeless for that. If you get homeless, you'll be no, fine. No, but the really great thing, I think, between if, if most actors and other professionals in the entertainment industry have something to back up on. And they don't just, you know, I mean, think about starving actors. They never, ever just auditioned for shows or films. They had jobs as in restaurants. They did things mm-hmm. in grocery stores. They sold insurance. They did what they had to do to make a living. So you can't live on the street. You have to have a backup plan. And, and I want to move into another sector here with you, Julie, because you mm-hmm. actually transitioned from being a corporate attorney for many years, which I'm yeah. sure you can still do on the side. Um, tell me a little more about, and tell our listeners a little more, and I know Samantha doesn't know, about 
A, what you did, and why you made that transition, and how difficult was it? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot. That's like a book, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I have to say that it, um, as a kid, um, I always put on plays and was in the school plays, too, and um, I did summer stock, and so it was there. It was there, but, you know, I, and I went even to college, and my first year was at Vassar, and I was going to be a drama major, and that's when I had called what, well, two things. One is I had, a, my parents did not want me to go into acting. That was for sure. They wanted me, wanted me to get a real job, but, you know, so I had that pressure, but I also, <laughs> I also had, I had this, um, I had the experience of, of being told by my coach at the time, and this will age me, but it was she was a um, a, a 40s uh, leading lady um, named Jean Arthur. And um, Jean, Jean Arthur had um, this other student that she wanted me to see in um, a production she was um, directing that she said, because I had asked her, you know, can I make it in theater? Can I make it? Jean, can I make it? And um, she said, well, I think you have to be a little bit more like this other student I have. Look how dedicated she is. So I, anyway, it turns out I went, I saw her do a soliloquy from St. Joan, I still remember. And my, and I just felt everything inside of me go, like, collapse. Like I, I thought I would never be like that, that student. Well, that student was Meryl Streep. And even back then, I mean, she, she was the year ahead of me, I think, or two years ahead of me. But back then, she was amazing. And, and, and that's when I, and then with my parents, pressuring me, you know, I decided, what can I do? I, and I was taking a class in uh, criminal, uh, the criminal mind and criminal procedure, and I thought, at that time, I thought, oh, I think I want to be a criminal lawyer. <laughs> but anyway, I, I totally changed track. When I went, when I went to law school, um, I just found out I had a, an aptitude for corporate law. I don't know. It surprised me, too. I don't know. But I, I, hmm. I ended up... Um, and I didn't want to be a litigator. And, in fact, I spent the first year I was a law clerk to the Chief Justice of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court here in Philadelphia. And, um, and, I, and I was really turned off by the, the, the system because um, I could see that it wasn't whether somebody – well, this is going to sound very cynical, but it seemed to me it was less important if somebody was guilty or innocent. But a lot of it turned on uh, – procedure like did the police um screw up you know and they um mm-hmm. and, not, and and so the person didn't wasn't read their rights or they they forced the confession or whatever but that bothered me so much and then i went into um that i just did another about face and i went up to new york and i worked at a on wall street at a um at a a corporate law firm like a, a big one i remember the address was one wall street but I will tell you, starting then and through the next was like 30 years, um, I had it was exciting. I I, I certainly had, was uh, challenged uh, uh, mentally. You know, with uh, I think I was totally left brain for a long time. I, um, but by the time I took early retirement, I had totally burnt out. I went from a law firm and then in-house for um, a big chemical company um it, it was oh gosh we we were acquired by a, a german conglomerate so that we were part of a 30 billion dollar um corporation but i worked my way up to the top of the u.s subsidiary which was like a seven billion dollar company and um yeah it was like and i it, the one thing i liked about law more than anything will surprise you i like traveling i liked i got to go to um, China, I got to go to various places in Europe. I got to go to Mexico a lot, um, and I liked um, experiencing the various cultures and learning how you do business. Business is done differently in different places, totally differently. And um, I had to learn to um, for the for the for the Latin, the Latin culture. I would say that uh, when dealing. Um, with when I was in Mexico, I had to learn to calm down. <laughs> I actually, I was told, I was told you have to. You, one of the big lessons I learned is you have to schmooze. You know, you have to schmooze. I can't. Well, there's just, different you know, parts you of really our do. country where you have 
slow down. I did a lot of work in the South. I worked for the phone companies and AT&T. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of international also. And if you go down South, and you better slow down. I mean, here, I actually yeah. had an yeah. engineer say to me, I didn't understand a thing you said. <laughs> I talk too fast. I was like, oh my I, God. <laughs> I picked up a yeah, Southern I, accent and I started talking like him. <laughs> even I did a stint when I was at the at the the Wall Street firm. I was in um, Washington D.C. Wait, they had an office. That was also a crazy experience because I was the only woman. I mean, this happened a lot because of how old I am that I would be in situations and I'd be the only woman, but not only was I the only woman, but I felt like I was the only Indian, the rest were chiefs. They all either clerked for the U.S. Supreme Court, okay, or um, the head lawyer down there was, was Phil Lacavara, who was, um, at, at the time, water, he had come off his stand as the Watergate prosecutor um, attorney. Wow. And, yeah, he's still well. He's still well known. But, um, he's still alive? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they sometimes oh, they good. during the um, during the <laughs> sorry during that was a long time ago. <laughs> no, I know that. No, and what it's interesting to say that because he was the youngest partner at this firm. I was at Hughes Hubbard and Reed. He was a, like only like thirty. I mean, I can't believe it when he was in charge of the oh, Washington wow. office. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he um, no, but here's what I was going to say. Being in Washington D.C. even was like like you're saying in the South. I was often told, because I'm, you know, I'm New York, Philadelphia, you know, that's right. my my years up until the time I was, oh, uh, 20, 25, right. and, um, yeah, I had to be also uh, change my speed, <laughs> my tempo a little bit, just in Washington. Cause it's, well, you had to talk differently. I grew up in Philadelphia, too, and working in New York, I changed, I, 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 I was trying to change the accent because, People could recognize Philly any time, you know. How you, you know, and in New mm-hmm. York, the same thing. And then you have Samantha, who's yeah. from Chicago land, another accent uh-huh. from the Midwest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, right. Right. You know, but it, it's great. I mean, and it's very it, when you come from like my parents were born in Brooklyn, and I can go up there and I pick up the the accent immediately. You know, it's like weird. You know. Yeah. And in Philly, if you're around Philly, you say, hey, yo, you know, it's like you have a different, it's a whole different meeting. But every area right. has a different dialect, I want to call it, in, in the way they were, you know, way they sound. And they can pick it up immediately out in California. It's a whole other world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I spent uh, a lot of time. Though. I love to listen to other people. It was very hard, but I spent a lot of time um, trying to get rid of the Philadelphia accent. I think I, I have, but they, what they say, they want you to have the, quote, Midwest, you know, a Midwest neutral accent is basically it. And then to, now I'm, I'm struggling to learn accents for parts, and um, yeah, my ear isn't as good as it was probably back then. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be better. Um, but, Phil, yeah, Philly, yo, Adrian, right? <laughs> People know this. Yeah, Philly, Philly's <laughs> totally different. I mean, my mother worked in the Italian mm-hmm. market for years, so I remember the people down there, and that was typical Philly accent. Yeah, but when you go up yeah. to New York, it's a totally different accent as well. However, the socialites have their own accent, or, or none mm-hmm. for that matter, kind of snooty. And then mm-hmm. you have those that pretend they're British. So <laughs> it's it's really funny. I um I used to listen to all different types of accents, and California really threw me because it's, it's such a mishmash of so many different people. Yeah, I, every Californian I got friendly with um, when I no, this is just random sampling, but it turned out they were from New York or somewhere else. It was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, go, to, yeah. go to Vegas, because everybody in Vegas is somebody that went out there to gamble and was, like, getting ready to retire, and they moved out there, you know, from everywhere. I mean, Vegas is, is like a mishmash also. That's what I call it. Oh, is, or is here's there, a better one, Florida. Florida yeah. is New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. They're all there. Mm-hmm. Actually, New York mm-hmm. and New Jersey. On the east coast of Florida, the west coast is all panhandle. Okay. Well, um, I want to ask you, since you've been to Ve- I I've only been to Vegas, I think, twice in my life, um, but I, I've read that it is, like, the the best place to retire to. Is that true? I mean, do you know anything about that, um, that a lot of people I think it was years ago. 
now you're better off going okay. down to the Caribbean because it's cheaper, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> Haiti. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I don't, I, mm-hmm. I've been looking at different places, and, and quite honestly, mm-hmm. when you retire, you want to go to a place that does not have taxes for, uh, and they have senior benefits where you don't get taxed on Social Security or a pension or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's why a lot of people migrate to Florida. Uh, New Jersey, everybody's like streaming out of New Jersey and, and New York because they get taxed on everything. Mm. And um, the thing is like, they have the uh, highest the, taxes in the country. My sister yep. uh, moved to Florida. To, uh, Del, Del, I guess it was Delray, I think it's there, in Florida. And they last oh, I love about, that area. Yeah, but you know what? Well, she she came back to Philadelphia, believe it or not, because she really? could not take, yeah, she couldn't take the heat. I mean, it was like. Well, the, you have to be did. a snowbird. I no mean, our goal, I have a house in the mountains, in the mm-hmm. Pocono Mountains, and on mm-hmm. two beautiful lakes in the middle of the state game lands. And I bought that years mm-hmm. ago when all the stocks dropped. And before the stocks dropped, I bought the house with my 401k. <laughs> but um, thank God I did that. So I own that property, and it's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's quiet. There's nobody there except for deer and bears. But we decided to be snowbirds. And when we retire, I just want to go mm-hmm. down anywhere warm. I don't care where it is. I'll go, I'm, I don't want to go to Mexico. I have no interest. But um, I, I do want to go. I'll go to the Caribbean, or I'll go to the Keys, mm-hmm. or I'll go, you know, Somewhere like that, even even Myrtle Beach, you know, is is warm in the winter. When I call it warm, warmer than here, you know. The north yes. is crazy. How about North Carolina? Too many storms. <laughs> Too many storms. <laughs> they, have, they have ice storms. But it's Phyllis, what's your address in the Poconos? <laughs> <laughs> That's where you Phyllis can come there. I have a very private community, but I don't give it out <laughs> to the world because we don't want anybody to move in <laughs> except for people we know. No. <laughs> That's her safety. That's her safety location. She's got guns, guys. She's got it all. So when this thing uh. goes down, we got to hang out with Phyllis. Hey, listen, <laughs> you know what? Um, I started <laughs> shooting guns when I was 18 years old for tournaments, okay? And oh it was a sport. And I don't kill animals. I love animals. My husband and I save animals. But mm-hmm. you can't be too cautious out there. Because, see, we have no police up there. There are none. No state police. If a bear comes in my house, it's going to be him or me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to shoot him. And maybe we'll eat him. Well, you, I don't know. You know, you, you don't. Oh, but no. It's, it's Isn't it? Today, what I'm Hunger Games yet? And don't you, put you know it down Julie, that road. I know you just did a whole thing on voting and stuff. i got to tell you, with uh-huh. the unrest today, you got to protect your family. Because right now, who knows what's going to happen after this election? I'm very nervous about it. I know. Yeah, well, Especially with what's going on in Portland. Those people are crazy. Well, you know what else you need to get? Here. People aren't thinking about this. It's the food. Ready to eat food. Because who says, just like the last time of COVID, they shut our banks down? And like Bank of America, mm-hmm. and they told us, you can only take out, you know, $3,000 a day. So they're starting to tell us how much money we can take out of our accounts, Right. It's no different in the grocery stores, so I bought survival kits here at the house. <laughs> oh I'm ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready for this. I've, I've gone shopping. Gotta, yeah, but you could go out there and, and, and kill um, a rabbit or a deer. And oh, God, no. I don't know. You've got to kill a Bambi. You've got to be kidding. You can't kill it. Not Bambi. Bambi was the deer. You cannot kill I Bambi. Can't, I watched that movie, you and I could never kill mm-hmm. a, a, a rabbit or a deer Oh, never. My husband goes, eat a deer. It's great. I'm like, it's... There's a rule. Phyllis, there's a rule. Ready? Kermit the Frog, you don't eat. Bugs Bunny, you don't eat. Bambi, you don't eat. You don't eat the Little Mermaid. You don't eat people like that. Any of these things that are not typical, you don't eat. You don't eat Bessie, and you certainly don't eat her daughter. Those are the rules in my house. Julie, I got to tell you, Julie, the thing today is that if young people will wake up, you need to understand your values, what you want in life moving forward. I mean, we raised our children, okay? I'm worried about the next generation because they're coming into a world that's really different. And I really pray for them, actually, because it's not going to be the way we grew up. 
not yes. going to be the well, way we grew up. Are you saying Phyllis, there was you're a praying lot of, for me? A lot of uh, morals and values, and I don't see that anymore. Well, my, I see my, no respect for life. Are, my, my kids are all, um, well, they're, they, they're either vegan or vegetarian. Um, oh, I think Jesus. one of them, one of them eats, um, they'll eat, uh, they'll eat, Pescatarian, okay, but I mean they're not into, yeah. And as a matter of fact, I mean I said I was facetious about. They make up their own rules, I think. Yes. Well, but but if it works for them, I'm not. You know, that's fine. I thought they were things for themselves. Look, that's their privilege. I don't tell my children what to do. We don't agree on a lot of things, but guess what? It's their lives, and they can work it their own way. But I really hope that I instill some values in them as they were growing up, and I do. My children are wonderful. We're very blessed. Thank God for yeah, that. No, I mean, no, a lot of people, I'm watching them, they, they're burying their own children with overdoses. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the opioid mm-hmm. e- e- epidemic. Mm-hmm. And we're getting far away yeah. from acting Why right here, but you did some shows. Well, well I, I, I know, but I, it, all these things I have an interest in, sometimes I feel like um, I was like Walter Mitty. I don't know if you know that reference, but it, it's a guy that yeah. had so many interests. Because I mm-hmm. um, I was on the board of something called Pet Central Media, which was a it was it was edutainment um, about pets and uh, had a lot of veterinarians involved. Um, this was on wow. the west coast in Hong Kong. Yeah, so I really I mean I, if if I told you how I really felt, I would tell you not to take a gun and for protection, but to ha- get yourself a big dog. Are we always raising the kids when we lived in the suburbs. We always had like a um, pit bull. Not a pit. Uh, they have a bed. Well, I got to tell you, we have a pit bull, and they're actually very gentle it's animals. Not, it's only the ones they teach to fight. That's what you that all say. Yeah, I've never met are. a pit bull person, Phyllis, that hasn't said, "My dog is so sweet." That is a well, bad they are. No, 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 no. We save no, them. Listen, I, pit bulls are very loving dogs. You just have to have the no, right. They, they kind of want to be trained. But go ahead. You were saying something, Julia. I forgot what it was. <laughs> no, but just that we had we used to have um black labs and um Oh and I love labs. They're they're definitely wonderful family dogs. But for whatever reason, strangers, if they're coming to the house for to do some kind of you know, whatever it is, to help us with the gut or this or that, they would they'd be afraid. And I thought, Well that's okay mm-hmm. because because um, sometimes these people that come to the house are maybe not your friends, and so I I loved having a big a big dog, um, and I think that's a, a great way to um, protect yourself. And, and they will bark. Oh, they will bark. Um, our dog. Well, actually, I mean, I want to go back to the gun yeah. thing because I I understand why people mm-hmm. are nervous about having guns around, and mm-hmm. but I will mm-hmm. tell you the criminals will always get them. They buy them out of people's trunks in their cars. Um, the people that protect themselves and have one in the house and, and know how to use them, and I'm not saying have them near children. Obviously, they need to be yeah. locked up, but they should be there just in case. We have the right to bear arms, and I'll tell you, the English really um, did not give rights to the citizens, and, and that's why it was such a big thing with the, you know, the, the Second Amendment of the Constitution that you had the right to bear arms. Because you have to protect yourself. I mean, we have, like, let's say mm-hmm. somebody invades this country. What are you going to do? You think they're going to stop and not shoot you or, or rape you or something like that? Women need to learn how to defend themselves. I mean, they need to learn how to shoot a gun. Well, even, I don't, you don't use yeah. it. I mean, I don't go out and, and, and go out and shoot animals and stuff. I have it for safety reasons, and I don't really well, shoot it. I don't even have, my husband has them. He's like a collector. But but the thing is that yeah. it's not it's our right to have what we want and and that's mm-hmm. why we have a democracy. But I understand why people are nervous about it. I think they've got to worry more about the drug problems that are out there I, because I, there's so I many killings. Th- Don't you agree? I, I agree with you. See, I think the problem with the, with the whole gun right issue has to do with the um, mental capacity of the per like if if you have any kind of mental. Oh, illness, I agree. And you said uh, you were talking about op- well opiates are you know it's an epidemic here in this country. I actually was on the board of Eagleville Rehabilitation Center for five years, which is, um, is substance abuse and alcoholism. Uh, it's a place to it's a hospital and rehab. And and I and then I that's when I learned about how um, widespread you know this problem is. It crosses all. Uh, oh, it's it's all terrible. Classes, all it's, the, it's yeah, the, yeah. the drug problem in this country 
is so bad, and now you're seeing young children being killed by gangs that are coming down the street and just shooting randomly. I mean, and they wonder why it's happening. It's terrible. Yeah, so you combine that problem with owning a gun, and that's where the the issues come in. Yeah, but the people that are doing the shooting aren't registered gun yeah. owners. They're not. They're yeah. just getting a gun yeah. and they're just shooting people. And, and sadly, yeah. gangs <laughs> that are one against the other, many of them are drug gangs. And and we have a huge problem with that in this country. They need to get these people together and, and get rid of them. Put them on an island like they did in England. They put them in Australia. <laughs> put them, in, put them yeah. on an island in the middle of the ocean. Get rid of them. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, there's my answer for to fix the world. <laughs> you got to stop Julia, your house with you hair color. You have such a wonderful background. Oh, my God, stuff. I can't believe you've done so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 going uh, forward from when I was um, in, in the corporation, and then I did a lot of um, merger and acquisition work as well as securities, which, and I still stay with the – the securities, I, I arbitrate um, occasionally. Well, you got to, I mean, I, it pays better than my actors, quite frankly. Um, I still do a, a little bit of that for FINRA, which is the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. Um, so I can work my left brain a little bit. And I'm, I'm much more heartfelt now, right brain. But um, going, moving forward, I got to the point, I think I worked for five different uh, management at this, at this chemical company it had been acquired by a conglomerate in, in Germany and then it was spun off, it went private and then public again and I'd burn out this is what I'm working up to by the time I was in my 50s I had totally burnt out and I was really pushing it wasn't like I was going to work um, excited about it, no way I was like, I just have to get you know. and, and then I was very lucky that um, in order to stay with the company um, they made me commit to going down to Dallas, where it was. Re- it was uh, they relocated the headquarters, and and train um, the, my successor. And then at the end of, I, I think it was six months. I could I could take early retirement. I got a golden parachute, and um, I got it. And what's unheard of anymore? I have a pension and a four hundred one k. So that is unheard of. I don't think there are any more pensions I, out there. I don't think so either. And I always I don't know. Teacher, teacher unions have them, but that's about it. I don't think I can think of anybody that has them anymore. I know, huh. I know. The 401k is what kind of re- replaced it, I think. And it's just, um, it, 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 and that's uh, not as secure as this, this pension. No, very, very it's not. I mean, think about the stock market and how it jumps up and down every 10 years. It's like oh, crashes yeah. and. I mean, I remember I back in 2008, 2009, I know so many people that lost everything they had in 401ks, and that's sad. And that's sad. You know, and it's just, yeah. I, I don't know. You know what? We have to all be cautious today. I just love the fact that you're doing all this, these different, um, you know, you do documentaries, you're doing commercials. Julie, you're so diverse as an actress, and I guess you're right. I, it comes from being in the world and and being a mother and, you know, being an executive mm-hmm. and, and having that opportunity to, to travel all over, it, it certainly adds to your it, expertise. I think it gives me a lot to tap into. You know, I know, like, I, I, I it's funny, I, like, I, I remember going for an audition to um, play the role of a, of a landlord, and not a nice one either. And I go into the room, and... Um, and then all of a sudden, the, 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 there's a panel, like five people, and then they're like, would you mind? I'm going to give you these sides. Go out there and come back and, and you know, we'll call you back in. But we'd like, we'd like you to read for the judge. I'm like, what? Okay. I didn't even know that, that they didn't even put that in the casting notice. But apparently the person <laughs> has been. Good role for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they saw it. And I was like, wow, how did they see that? And I got that role. But I was, um, you know, it's just like, I guess. Um, I sometimes give that vibe, but lately I've been giving vibe, different vibes. I've been getting, um, you know, uh, alcoholic mother. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> you can be an alcoholic judge. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It I works. Know. And, uh, 
It yeah. works. Who cares? So I, I love it that you can be anything. I mean, you are very diverse. I mean, I looked at your bio and your history of your film, and it's awesome. I mean, it, I think as you get older, and I always say this, and I think you probably feel the same, and all of both of us um, do. As you get older, you don't apologize for who you are or how you act, and that's right. a great thing. And I think that's that sense of confidence that gets you those type of roles. I'm a character actress, so for me, I can be the craziest mm-hmm. person in the world. No, not you. I, I like those type of roles. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> being Still being in that character, nope. That you were you. I it came across when we when we spoke last week. <laughs> What, that I'm a character? Yeah, I am. My, my, my daughter goes, Mom, do you ever stop? You're so strange sometimes. I'm like, it's me, you know? I mean, I don't apologize for who I am or what I say. If you don't like it, go away. <laughs> There's my new saying like for the year. You don't like me, go away. <laughs> but to Just be a go good actor, talk to the hand. You have, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be. And this is the, this is the hardest thing. Like, as a lawyer, we have, we put up a lot of, I mean, generally lawyers have a lot of walls, a lot of defenses. They don't want to, um, they want to exude confidence and um, not really tell it their personal side. Well, they're, authority, they're, they're I think authority is the word for a, a good judge. I mean, you want to make sure that, you know, they know their stuff and that they're being fair. Right, right. That's, yeah, but then I think it's actor. awesome. I mean, like I said before, I saw some of your roles where you were just like very <laughs> out there, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, eccentric. Yeah. Well, uh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think, I mean, here's the other thing too, because I'm sure you know this, but there's a lot of rejection when you're when you're an actor. You you don't get every, I know I don't get everything I go out for. Maybe I get one in four or something like that. You know? Yeah. And back no, or you get Meryl Streep. Yeah. But she doesn't get everything yeah. either. She selects exactly what fits her, her persona, and she's very good at that. But she only picks yeah. and chooses what she wants now, but I'm sure years ago she also struggled. Everyone in the in the entertainment industry, musicians, actors, and the artists, whatever, it, it's never easy. It's not an easy thing, and people think it's, oh, you're going to become a millionaire in it. It's no, it's not oh. like that. I don't think you should ever do it for the money or for the fame. I think you do it because you've got a burning sensation in your gut. You know that this is I want to. Right, but you can't be do it for free either, because otherwise you'll starve. But no, it, it, no, no. But I'm, I but I love your philosophy. You're absolutely right. right. I think people that are entertainers, there's a reason why they're in it. It's because they love what they do. They love it. Their passions there. They they mm-hmm. feel it every single day. And you're right. During this lockdown. It's painful for creators mm-hmm. right now. It's very painful. Right. Yeah. I can't, you know what, Julie, we're, we're coming to a close here, but I, I <laughs> oh, loved having nice. you on, on the um, show today. And I hope you'll come back when you're doing some other projects so we can share that with our, our um, listeners. Oh, I'll, I'll be glad to. And if anybody um, wants to see um, the, the film called The Man with the Floppy Ears, um, I think I have a, my hand on I was going to tell you that you can go to the site, mytruecoloursproject.com. It's all one word, mytruecoloursproject.com, and they'll say when the next um, when it's going to be streamed the next time. Um, oh, that's, so that's fabulous! Yeah. Absolutely, or, or, and, and also you or, can learn more about Julie at julie-chapin c h a p i n dot com. We'll have that up on the Scoop Radio Show's Facebook page which is our fan okay. page, and, and please visit Ooh. that and see how wonderful all the things she's been doing and, and will be doing moving forward. But, again, Julie, thank you again for joining Samantha and I. I mean, it was fun. Oh, right, Sam? Yeah, you guys are great. Yes, it was. It was a lot fun. of fun. We definitely have to have her back on, and we can ask her about all those crazy questions that I get asked. Who's your favorite kiss? What's your worst part? <laughs> oh, no, this was not. This is not a typical interview thing. We don't do those things. <laughs> Samantha and I are, we don't like those things. We like uh, improv. Right. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, right. thanks we again, do, Julie. It works better. Take okay, care. Well, be you safe. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So anyway, that was fun. That was fun. And Julie's fabulous. Yes, it was. She's great. You know, she is. I mean, yes. imagine being a corporate attorney, you know, and, and how, how conservative <laughs> they are. 
Uh, well, some are. Oh, yeah. But, and then becoming an actress after raising her children and doing what she really loved doing. I mean, that's what this life is about. I mean, you do what you love doing, but sometimes we're forced yes. to do things that we don't love to do, like you and I were talking about before. I'm in the midst of downsizing and trying to throw things out. And I'm it's right. such, it's so painful. It's so painful. I can't stand it. I think people should purge things every year. I, you know what? I agree. I definitely agree on that. I would like you to do purge that with my your entire clothes, house right now. Do you, uh, what's do you that? go through your closet and purge every year? I do. You know, here's the thing, okay? And I know other women and men that are listening to this probably know where I'm coming from. You bought something on sale from one season, right? So say it was like last winter. And because of COVID and because we haven't really been able to wear these things out, it's like, do you get rid of it? Do you not get rid of it? So, And then when you find things that are great on sale like this year, where you have a lot of stores going out of business or you have, you know, 70 – Macy's had with Bloomingdale's like a 70 to 80% off. And they had all these clothes oh from like the spring, summer, I, I would be, and fall. I, I but would I saw be lost like, in there. I love that. <laughs> I went nuts. I went absolutely nuts. Like I found a Michael Kor purse. It was like 300 and they were asking $60 for it. How do you not wow. pay that? How do you not just grab it? So it's, How do you stop yourself that's the problem. from not buying – I mean, I did that. I'm, I've been a, a shopaholic online on the sales. Yes. And um, I did the Amazon oh, Prime gotcha. thing last week. Uh, that was awesome. Amazon Prime week was wonderful. I, I bought a bunch of gifts for the holidays. I, I bought three Echoes. <laughs> it's like Alexa Echo dots. <laughs> I bought three of them um, because I'm going to give them as gifts. And I got, and of course, by the time I give them as gifts, they'll probably be obsolete. But you, right. know, you just, but I went out the other day. And I had to get my – I have a grandson. He's so cute. Oh, my God. I miss him. Um, but I, I had to get him some clothes, and I sent my daughter a text, and I said, hey, you know, what does he need? What size does he wear? I'm in the store. There's huge sales. I went crazy. I had a whole shopping cart full of clothes for it's this It's hard not man. to. It, uh, you know, it's yeah, like – I, love, I, I wish I had a little girl, though, because I love buying little girl clothes, you know, like the little tutus and things. I went nuts with my daughter. <laughs> I went nuts. Uh, I did I went too. Actually, I still her, have but... her baby dresses, but then she decided not to have any more kids. So I guess I'll have to save my son and his his fiance if they ever have kids. Um, but <laughs> I've kept those dresses for thirty years. So you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> they're, no, they're they're really packaged very nicely and safely so that they will last. But they're like little baby dresses. They're so cute, and I couldn't get rid of them. So. I know. I, I have to say, I still have some stuff through in my old garage. Stuff like, and going, oh God, remember this, remember that. It took me eight hours just to go through a couple of bins. Horrible, yep. horrible. I don't know. So, what is going I on with ya. you, Miss? I mean, are you out there uh, doing some fashion stuff? I did. I did some shooting when I was in Colorado. I was telling you about that. Um, working with some clothing and the shoe line Epiphany. So I've been doing that. Um, and I'm getting ready to do a once a week show um, about uh, skincare, body care, kind of this entire product line that's like changing. It's uh, first approved hand sanitizer, and there's various other things I'm not going to share now, but that are COVID-approved. So we actually have the CDC behind us that kills the, the coronavirus within two minutes, I believe. And well, it's great for the hands. next week is Halloween, and we have yes. a tremendous guest coming on with us who was in the Amityville Horrors. She was in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I mean, she's the horror queen here. So we have her on the show next week. And I'm thinking of her first name. Let me see. It's not Linda. It's something Franklin, but I can't remember. Lisa Franklin? I don't know. Anyway, I'll put it on the <laughs> She's Facebook She's so big, page. we can't remember. I know. That's bad, isn't it? Oh, no, it's called age. Um, <laughs> that's what nope, Julie it's said. It's called COVID. It's because of COVID. COVID? I know. We Listen, got, like, someone asked me. It's like there's cobwebs webs in your brain. And the other yes, thing there is. In, in Pennsylvania, you have till October 27th do a ballot and drop it off if you want to. If you're worried about COVID, vote. You need to vote. This is very important this year. Vote for the person you think that's going to help you 
in the next four years. Not because the news people said it, right, Samantha? It's because it's going to help yep. you. How did you feel about the last four years? Right. Did you have money? Did you get a job? Forget about COVID. What happened before COVID happened? That's what you need to think about. And, and will a Joe Biden or a Kamala Harris or a Donald Trump help you in the next four years? And you've got to vote. And if you don't vote out there, it's your fault if, if your candidate doesn't win. And, I mean, what do you think, Sam? We only have about 30 seconds here. Your last thoughts. You know, I, I, here's what I think. I think if you're successful in the business world, um, and you want to continue growing and you want to continue making our country great in the best way that it has been, and to have your freedoms and to have the things that you believe in and the things that you want to do, you know exactly who to vote for. And there should be no question about it. But if you don't vote, then there's a possibility that the things that you love you may not have with the other candidates. So you should probably look into that. There you go. And that's it for this week with The Scoop. Thanks, Samantha. Have a great week. Thanks, audience. And we you love too, you. You too, Phyllis. Talk to you guys next week. All right. Goodbye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.